Welcome to the Healthcare Business Secrets Show, where we interview industry leaders and break down exactly how they're dominant in their markets so you can learn from the best and can double your revenue, double your impact, and double your time off. In this episode, we're talking with Daryl Eves. Daryl is a very popular video marketing strategist with an impressive background working with some of the biggest YouTube channels on the internet, as well as other big brands uh, and entrepreneurs. Uh, he's helped generate over 62 billion views through his various clients, including John Assereff, Mr. Beast, Red Bull, and more. Super excited to have him on the show today when we're talking about all things video marketing, which I think is very pertinent in today's age, especially with this new Zoom culture and, and remote culture where, where video is. We all knew video was going down that road anyway, and those of us who've been in the know have understood video is super important, but I think the pandemic's just made that even more evident. So welcome to the show, Daryl. Super excited to have you on. I'm excited to actually be here. This is going to be great. Anytime I can talk about YouTube and videos, that's I get excited about that. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, let's jump into some stuff uh, to give the audience context on who you are and what you do. Uh, and then I want to talk about Mr. Beast. I know we're talking about that pre-show. And for anyone who doesn't know who that is, we'll definitely cover yeah. it. But I'm excited. That's what I want to learn about, how to crush it on YouTube. So tell us about your background. Yeah. No, like I, I got my degree background. I, I got my degree in marketing and advertising, and I've always wanted to produce Super Bowl ads. And I live in a small town in Utah, and I didn't necessarily want to move to LA or Chicago or New York. And I had some offers when I graduated. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to just work local. And that kind of developed in, I can't work for anybody. And so I started my own agency in small yeah. town, USA. And was basically doing search engine manipulation, <laughs> search engine marketing at the time, back in 1999. And it evolved until about 2005 is when I discovered YouTube. Uh, we were expanding the business. And when I saw YouTube for the first time, my, my jaw hit the ground. I was literally blown away at number one, that it was so easy to actually upload videos. And then number two, when you click the video, it, it automatically played. Like where before, I don't know, you might be young yet, but it's like back in the day, like you had to wait for it to buffer all the way to the end and then it'd play. And even on top of that, you can embed those videos on websites. And I'm like, okay, this is what, this is like, I meant to do this. And mm -hmm. so I started early out uh, on my career of just working with the, the clients they currently had at the time of helping them do videos and then embedding on websites. So we had a lot of doctors, dentists, lawyers, uh, pest control companies, and then we just worked in specific verticals and uh, just getting videos to convert that led to leads, led to you know walk-in traffic. And one of which was a piano store and they were trying to sell grand pianos online. And when I kind of discovered some of the videos that they were doing, I'm like, this is amazing content. Like, like, like you're getting tens of thousands of views on these things. Like, like, like let's really ramp this up. And so uh, that's where I found my true passion and love, which is audience development. I think that's kind of my jam in you know, the strategy side and the implementation side. And uh, I was able to watch a channel go from just a few tens of thousands of subscribers to 1.8 million and hundreds of millions of video views. And I'm like, okay, I found it. I found what I'm actually supposed to do. And since then, I've uh, cr created strategies uh, for some of the biggest brands, businesses, and YouTube channels on the planet, work with some of the biggest creators on the planet. But what I'm the most proud of is you know, we've come up with plans and uh, we have an idea you know, just an idea. And we try to figure out who the viewer is and we try to create content for the viewer. And we've, we've actually, today, I actually got my 26th gold play button. Uh, that's when you re reach a million subscribers. And what's really cool from that, it's just an idea. 
we just try to figure out who the audience is, bring the value to them. And, you know, we've been able to grow organically and that translated into about 62 billion uh, video views. And so it's been, been fun, been a fun, great journey, but like every day that I wake up, I'm just excited to try these strategies out. And like, I know that a lot of people felt really weird and awkward during the pandemic of getting used to zoom, but I'm like, this is like, this is my playground. It's like, mm. here we are, have a huge opportunity. And I've been able to see a lot of brands and businesses and, uh, you know, creators just really explode because mm. they're forced to do stuff that they weren't n- normally doing. And they're actually really yeah. good at it, you know? Yeah. And so that's kind of w- where I kind of got my start. I mean, that was the longest intro in the world, <laughs> but <laughs> there you it's, go. It's, you it's have good. it. <laughs> like, it's important because, you know, a one hit wonder. I, I I made a channel and I've got this many subscribers. Yeah. It's nice, but when you've done it consistently, you said what twenty six channels essentially to a million subscribers. Well, I, I've done more. I mean, mm. if if you want to, like, I've been consulting since day one on YouTube, so it's just like I've, I've done more. But it's when we actually put a plan together mm. and says, okay, we're going to figure out how we're going to do this, and we put a plan together and then executed on that on that yeah. plan. And so. You know, I've, I've done a lot of it and I, I didn't even bring this up, but I'm like a best-selling author too of the YouTube formula. I don't know if you even knew about, I put out a book or whatever, but but it's just like, I think the key for me is this, uh, and th- this is really important for our conversation today, but I'm obsessed with learning and I'm obsessed with knowledge. And I believe the only way we can elevate the world is sharing knowledge and helping people really succeed. Now, there's certain things that you need to charge for. I mean, that's how the world goes around and I'm a capitalist in in every outright. But I think at the end of the day, it's like, you know, if you're gonna make an impact in your business brand or as a YouTube channel, you know, you gotta really realize why you're doing it and and the impact that you can have. And so that's why I'm on, on this podcast today is I want to be really helpful for the people that are actually considering, you know, integrating marketing or video marketing in their background of helping them kind of get a little bit closer because it's so needed now, uh, especially with with the the way that the the world shifted in the dynamics of, you know, just with everything that's going on. Well, it's it's super important because it's it's now more than ever I think how people make decisions is we've got to be exposed and and uh, you know, essentially educated by the person that we're trying to think about maybe buying from because we have to cover all our bases because there's so many options yeah. that we get this decision paralysis about what to do because humans would rather not make the wrong decision than to make a decision that could lead to them making the right decision. And I've definitely found that yep. through working with patients, working with clients is, is that we're, we're scared of the wrong decision. And I think that that YouTube leads into that so well, even from like a, if I've got patients uh, in front of me, or I've, I'm, I'm selling to to businesses. Because at the end of the day, you are selling to people because people make the decisions, and right. they need to feel confident that you know what you're doing and that you can help them. And 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 YouTube's both a great platform for for generating an audience to see your stuff, and then educating that audience and selling them all what you do as well. Yeah, and and I think the the biggest thing is providing value, reg- regardless of what you're doing. Like at, at the end of the day, when you take take a step back of, hey, are you an entrepreneur? Are you a business leader? Are you, you know, having a business or a brand? Well, you got to bring value for someone to actually have a transaction. And mm-hmm. there's no difference on YouTube. It's like your your video is a transaction, and if they're gonna like it or hate it you know, it depends on how you put it together, but that's what it is. You're creating that unique value proposition for someone. And I I want everyone to to know the most valuable commodity that we have is time. Mm. And, And when you're wasting people's time and not bringing value to them, 
they're going to move on to someone that's going to bring value for their time. And when you do it consistently enough, that's where the loyalty factor comes in. And that's where you can, you can grow. You can literally grow and do amazing uh, things regardless of, of what your, your objectives are, because, you know, today it's just not, you're, you're kind of geographically pigeonholed, right? Like Mm -hmm. the world can be your audience. The world could be your customer. And that's something that I get excited about because it's a very big disruption where you can do something that has enough legs that takes it far beyond what you think that it is based off of the ecosystem of YouTube, you know, and that's what I love YouTube. Yeah. Now let's talk, uh, Mr. Beast, how long have you been involved with his project? Yeah. So like the, the, the funny thing was, is I get this random text, like in, in Twitter DM and he's like, Hey, you know, just been watching your stuff. When can we talk? You know? And I'm like, okay, who is this guy? Oh yeah. I saw him on, on YouTube. And I'm like, yeah, you know, like, let's just chat. So we chatted on the phone for a little bit and he's like, well, where are you at? I'm like, I'm working in Texas right now. He says, I'll be on a plane. I'll be there in six hours. I'm like, you're not going to get on a plane and come, you know, six hours away. But he did. He actually just jumped on a plane, came over and chatted. And then he had a couple million subscribers at the time. And uh, that's kind of where I was introduced to him. I was able to see kind of his genius and, you know, started working, you know, closely thereafter with him on strategy and audience development and, you know, went, went in depth. I mean, we own a couple of companies together now and it's just, it's been, it's been great. And what, what I love about him and, and I think this is really relevant um, to anyone, like he's very passionate about what he does and it shows. And I asked him very specifically just kind of when I first met him, just because I'm around big YouTubers and it's kind of my litmus test, but I'm like, what type of car do you drive? And he goes, hey, I know where you're going with this. And I, I just want to explain, I drive a Buick. I'm like, you drive a Buick? <laughs> like, like, I know you make enough money to get your Lambo. And he goes, yeah, but here's the thing. That Lambo is great, but if I buy one, I have to buy my boys one. Okay, so that's probably a million dollars of money that could be allocated back into content. Now, if we can integrate it into content and use it so that it can grow and get more subscribers, get more views, then... I would consider it, but it would take a lot of money for me to even consider that because I can do so much more with that money, you know, in doing these other little strategies that will help me grow. And I'm like, okay, first off, I'm your new best friend. And and second thing is like someone that can see the bigger finish line. And he said, you know, he wanted to be the biggest YouTuber of all time. And he will be. I mean, he's he's at the momentum and growing at a fast pace right now. But he's he's set on that, you know, and he's, he's set of impacting the world by being more generous and 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 doing things different, you know. And so yeah, it's been it's been a great journey and and he's super smart and has has really developed a really amazing team around him to really to really accomplish a lot of his lofty goals. So mm. how how integral have you been in, in his strategy? Like has it been more of a, just a polishing and refinement? Has it been like a, a complete change? Yeah, I mean like like I think at, at the end of it, like last year I moved, like he bought the house next to him. So I lived there and during the pandemic. So it was just easier because instead of just traveling every week, I could just be there. So I took my family there. But it was more, I think I think it's more looking at the overall concept of how can you create content that would engage the ideas, the ideation from it, but then also some of the execution side of you know some of the some of the strategies. I mean, we can go way in depth on this. I think it really bore a lot of people. But it's just like things are, you know, in videos for a purpose and there's there's reasons for it. And I think the biggest thing is, can you get 
content that that people want to come back and watch more. And when they discover them for the first time, can they watch four or five or six videos? Mm -hmm. And I can guarantee you uh, that was kind of like active campaigns of understanding who's subscribing because of what and what content would engage and creating plans and strategies, you know, that that would elevate. But I, I do want to say this. It doesn't matter, you know, which consultant comes, does what. At the end of the day, it's the creator or the brand that has to execute on that mm. and has to perform. And I, there's no way I would ever take credit, you know, for anything that he's done, you know, outside of the the internal metrics, which is making him money that I know. I, and I, I, you know, under NDA, I can't share with you that. But, you know, that's that's something that, you know, I, I, I would comfortably take care of credit because that was something that I executed on. But at the end of the day, that's, that's where I think the difference is, is understanding your role as a consultant, you know, and even though that we, we own a couple of businesses together, it's just, just kind of the way it is. Yeah. So. How does he differ? And, uh, in terms of the current, who I still think is the, the current, uh, leader in, in terms of YouTube and has been for forever, PewDiePie, for example, uh, and I, the beast and, and, and their strategies, their personality. Yeah, I mean, I love Felix and he's a great guy, um, but I believe that he's just doing his own thing and he cares about his ecosystem. And Jimmy, Mr. Beast, uh, 100% cares about the creator community, cares about YouTube. So like he's looking to grow and to help. I mean, I've seen him take phone calls from, you know, people that needed help on whatever, and he'll, he'll actually help them with their strategy or help them with the thumbnail. And like, that's what he does like day in and day out. And he loves it, you know, and yet he's running five YouTube channels right now too. And it's just like that. Now, on the other hand, I can't say that's necessarily happening on the other, but Jimmy actually cares, uh, you know, very specifically about it. So Felix, don't hate me if you're listening to this podcast. I love you too, bro. <laughs> you know, but uh, but yeah, I think that's the difference. Um, is he's there to help the full community? So because mm. they, in terms of their 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 rise, their growth, their strategies, when you see, well, even in business, right? Like unique opportunity, unique timing, unique message, things make things do better. If someone else tries and does what Mr. Beast doing or doing what, you know, PewDiePie is doing, it's not going to work in yep. the same way because first to market doing it best have taken over. When he came in and was doing what he was doing, do you think that, I'll, I'll ask you straight up, was it all pre-planned to be doing how he's doing and getting this kind of growth or is it kind of evolving? Well, I, I think it's mindset. Work? Like, let's look at it. It's mindset, right? So this this is, has been his mindset. Every dollar that I make on the YouTube channel will be reinvested into the business. And my business is creating content. And I can honestly say that I've seen a lot of creators. I've worked with a lot of creators and he literally is doing what he says. So he will re reinvest every cent and then some back into the content. Um, he did that when he got his first check, he reinvested it to get a little bit better equipment, you know, and each time he just reinvested into his business. And, and I, I, and I think that most creators would get to a point where like, Oh no, I can now coast. Well, I can guarantee you he, he doesn't coast. He's like, mm -hmm. what can we do bigger and better? You know, and, you know, taking a, a budget of, you know, $60,000 in a video. Now it's like a half a million dollars in a video. It's just like, okay, who, who does that? Like I, I can guarantee you, no one does, you know, and, and you might have some big brand that said, put it in a budget for an episodic type 
type piece, but there's no YouTube creator that's doing that. And, and when they say they're doing it, it might be all false and for show. It's like, oh, here we're giving a hundred thousand dollars away, but they don't really do it. Mm-hmm. You know, where he's actually fulfilling with that, you know, yeah. and and setting up philanthropies and you know, really impacting communities. It's it's just been great. So now uh, I've got a question around that type of content that generally explodes because there's a lot of entertainment value to it compared with something, let's say, that I'm doing where it's very specific to solving a problem. Now, I'm super naive on this, so I'd love to hear your honest opinion with that. How, In terms of growing, say, for example, I help, let's say, healthcare practices to grow or I help businesses to grow or that kind of thing, patients to get results with back pain compared to more general entertaining where I'm binge watching because I've got time or you know, I'm wanting to, to, to feel good and watch the videos, style channel growth. And on the flip side of that, I suppose also monetization. Like if you're doing a, a, a something like uh, what Mr. Beast is doing, there's lots of appeal to a broader audience than say me who helps, let's say health professionals to grow their businesses. But in terms of the other side of it is also, I don't need as many subscribers, followers, et cetera, if I've got high ticket products on the back end in terms of monetization compared to broader scale. So can you talk to me a little bit about that? Well, I mean, the first thing that I talk to all my clients is like, what's your finish line? What are you trying to do? Because like, once you understand that you can reverse engineer a plan to get you to where you want to be. So if it's to actually generate sales, then you might approach it differently than if you're looking to get more brand exposure. And so I I try to figure out right out of the gate, number one, what is your ultimate goal? And I've had big brands, we're talking like Amazon, Nintendo, you know, that they think that it's a certain objective until I kind of rip into them a little bit to really define what that is. Mm. And then they really come back with the, the right type of things to track because if they can't track it, and then they're never going to renew with me. Like that's just that's just the way that it is, right? So they have to know, okay, what what is the clear expectations? And sometimes here's the numbers that they need for corporate um, and their bosses. But then ultimately, for them to be a superstar, this is what they need. And so it's like finding what that finish line is and and executing on that. And that's generally what what I do, regardless of what it is. It doesn't matter what the client is because you don't necessarily need that many views. Um, you don't need that many subscribers. You don't need that many engagement. It's just it's just economy of scale. So in the sense of understanding, hey, well, if I got a thousand people to pay me a thousand dollars a year, that's a million dollars. If we got ten thousand people you know, to do a lot less than that. I mean, it's just, you can scale it around to kind of figure Mm -hmm. out where that's at. Some of the biggest, like I was just doing a consult for a a student of mine, you know, he he only has like 50,000 subscribers. Now you're probably thinking, oh man, that's a lot of subscribers. And some of you are like, that's super great. Well, he did 12 million last month. And, and the difference would be is he knows how to leverage those 50,000 subscribers so that they're actually taking action on, on that. Now, mm. is it a Mr. B style type content? Absolutely not. It's like remotely not even close to what it is, mm. but it's more of a plan of how to take them from a, a casual viewer into taking action. And, and that's something that I, that I work very efficiently on uh, with my students that I mentor or, you know, clients that, that, I, that I take on. And so for you saying, look, okay, what is your, your ultimate goal? Is it to sell products? Is it to um, do group coaching? Is it to get people to an event? Is it to, you know, sell a specific widget, you know, whatever, whatever that is, then it would be, okay, how do you actually do that in a very fun, organic way, but also developing an audience along the way that 
that has that loyalty factor. And so, yes, there's saturation sizes. Like, like that's just a, a reality. Um, one uh, case study that I do in, a, in the book, it's a really, really good case study because it's very relevant to what you're actually talking here. I had an attorney reach out to me and says, hey, I, I like doing law stuff. Like, what do, what do we do here? And, and I was like looking at what he wanted to do and where he was at and his saturation size, which is, hey, I want to do tests for, you know, help people pass law school. And I'm like, is that really what you want to do? Like, seriously, is that what you want to do? He goes, yeah, that's the mechanism, the model. And, you know, opening his eyes up, I says, well, you know, how many people are actually in law school in the United States? He says, well, about 100,000. I says, well, you're never going to go past that size because you're going to have attrition. You have people coming in and out, but that's basically the size of your audience. So don't expect, you know, a million viewed videos, you know, and if you want that, we need to really look what you want to do. Well, he goes, well, I want to educate people to understand the law better. Well, that's something that you can go more mainstream. And so he actually did reaction videos to pop culture videos uh, and, and movies and television and, and so on. And that led to a formula where he's now like, I think 1.7 million subscribers and getting millions and millions and millions of views a day based off of educating people out. Now, you might say, well, does, what's that underlying factor? Well, I can tell you uh, he's not practicing an attorney. I mean, he does practice a little bit, but he, he actually left you know, his, his practice and also a couple other people from that. And he's doing this full time where he's actually educating people about the law, but not, not the way that he thought. And uh, you can check him out on YouTube's Legal Eagle. Uh, Devin's one of the smartest people on the planet when it comes to really engaging with an audience. And, and it's, it's been great. And so mm. these are the types of things that you look at. That's, that's how I digest it. It's like, what's the finish line? What do you really want to accomplish? What's that messaging? And then just create a path towards that. That makes sense. Now, when you're thinking, you know, about channels, do you suggest that people have, they focus on one, they get one going and they move to others. If they've got two different things that they're doing, they run it all in one channel, two channels, et cetera. So I'll give you an example for me. I'm thinking longer term uh, and developing uh, personal brands so I can pivot into whatever I want to do and not be pigeonholed. So that's one aspect that I'm wanting to go down. And the second is, of course, driving sales into whichever company that I'm currently working in so that I've right. got a consistent, loyal audience base. I've got the podcast. I've got lots of different things like that. If I was looking at channels, would there be one that you would suggest that I would focus on more than the others to begin with and then I have a team and start doing the other ones? Would I do both? Do I merge them into one yeah, channel? Yeah, that's a great question. I get asked that a lot. It's like, what, what do I do? Like, I have all these different interests. What do I do? I do two factors. Like, what gets you excited to, you know, at the beginning of the day? Like, if you're able to pick one, what would that be? You know, um, it's something that you just think about when you don't necessarily have to think about it. You know, it just, it just pops in your mind. So for me, anything video marketing is, is kind of my jam, right? Cause I'm always thinking about it. The second thing would be, I don't think about channels. I think about the viewer. And I know that seems a little bit differently, but you got to look at your, your potential customer, which is the viewer, right? Or the potential viewer, like who are they? What would they respond to? You know, um, what, what things that they would find fascinating. And I try to create kind of a breakdown of, um, and, and I know that a lot of marketers use like 
you know, avatars. Um, but I, I'd use the same thing, viewer avatar, where you break down the demographics, psychographics, what they do online, offline, just so that I have a, a good essence of who they are um, before I even do anything. Because like, if you cannot understand who you're making video for, if you're only making for yourself, then expect one view because you are the viewer, right? Mm. But if you figure out, okay, here's a group of people that I can put in a specific, you know, group, and I can start seeing their problems and the, their struggles and their the, their wins, then you can actually take it to a, a new level, which is speaking to them, connecting yeah. to them, you know, saying, man, he articulated that in a way that I, that I, that's the way I feel. Mm. And do you know what? I have a friend that feels the same way. I'm going to tag him in this video and I'm going to send it yeah. to him, you know, in, in, in a, in a text. That's what happens every day on YouTube. And so that's kind of the first thing is what you're passionate about, who you're actually creating content for. Mm. I don't even worry about the channel aspect of it. The channel is an ancillary thing, right? That's the most important thing. Mm. Because once you do it, then it's like understanding the rhythm of how to create content for them. Uh, it's kind of what I call in the YouTube formula, the YouTube formula, you know, like what, what is who the audience is and then how to leverage that audience to further what you're wanting to do. And it, it works across the board. doesn't matter if you're raising money, you know, for a project. Um, we actually broke the all-time crowdfunding record in film and television on a show that I love, you know, and it's something we wanted to create. And we broke, we broke records. Like we broke the all-time crowdfunding record over Mystery Science Theater 3000, who had an audience, and also Veronica Mars, who had an audience, and we 2X'd what they did. We did over $10 million. And it's crazy on a, on a TV show that we're now in the second season. And mm. it doesn't matter what you're doing, it's just more how you approach it. Now, those that are curious, go check out The Chosen. You can download it on your app. But it's a very disruptive thing that we're that we're doing there. But that that all came back from what we're passionate about and who the audience is, and then creating content so that they can kind of get behind what we were trying to do. And that's how it all facilitated, you know, that that whole project. I think that's a really good point. We always think about what do I want, and then what content do I need to make that's going to get the people to give me what I want, versus thinking who are the people that I'm making content for to give them what they want. And then as a result of that, I get the things that I want. I think yeah, that's a good but think, yeah, and think about it this way. It's like, if I told you, this is what you want and you don't, you can't think for yourself, you know, you just could, you got to take this because I know better than you. That's what most creators and brands are doing. Mm. Instead of saying, wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Let's not do that. Let's really figure out what would bring the most value to people and when you speak to them, like, I feel this way, or this is like so uplifting, or I've got so educated with this because this is something I didn't even know I needed, but I needed it. That's where the value proposition goes through the roof. And that's one great thing. I don't care if you are a physician, you know, uh, working in the space or a marketer working with physicians, it doesn't matter. It's the same thing. It's like when someone comes in, they're expecting help, right? And you can almost anticipate what they, what they need based off of it. Like I'm getting ready to go see a doctor because I tweaked my back, like guaranteed he he's gone through it enough, but I don't know if enough physicians out there really sympathize with the pain that I'm going through. Like I, I've literally gotten hardly any sleep uh, over the, the course of a month and a half, right? And and that causes issues at work and home and relationships and all that other stuff, right? And I become very irritable. Now, 
coming into it, if if he speaks to me, like, yes, I tweaked my back. This is how I felt. Or here's a variety of things. Like, I'm going to start listening to him like, hey, he's speaking to me and I'm going to be more apt to do what he's asking me to do, mm. you know, th- this later on. And so you can apply this to anything. But I think far too many times we like to tell people what they want yeah. um, and and not really listen to what they need and and then provide that value back to it. So it works across the board, whether it's a product, YouTube video, or or even a service. Yeah. Now, can you give us the fundamentals of how YouTube works? I think a lot of people know that it's a, a search engine and that's as kind of far as they go. And then my video works yeah. or it doesn't work. Give us the fundamentals. Yeah. So I think this is kind of, this is something I covered in the first uh, section of the book because uh, it's really, really important is you got to understand what the platform is. Um, let me tell you what it's not first, because this is a, a thing. So on Facebook, on on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, on Snapchat, they're all feed-driven systems. So unless you're feeding the feed, <laughs> unless you're posting videos on a consistent basis or you're posting, you know, images or whatever, then you're never going to be at the top because there's always it's it's always feed-driven, right? That's basically the way that works. Well, YouTube isn't that. Basically, under the hood, there's an artificial intelligence, an AI, that's controlling algorithms to predict what you, as the viewer, want to watch. So based off of you engaging with content, which is watching content, you know, commenting, um, watching other content that would be related or other content that might not be related, it's going to start seeing patterns that it can predict what you actually want to watch. And the more that you actually give it feedback, which is watching more content, it has a better understanding that you want. Now, I can tell you, I've been on YouTube for a very long time and YouTube's really good at knowing exactly what I want to watch, even though I didn't need to know I wanted to watch it. Mm. And and 75% of all views that happen today on YouTube is when YouTube makes that recommendation. So there might be a 13-year-old video that surfaces 13 years later because it's exactly what I need to watch. And I've seen channels just like I have a friend that reached out and he says, what do I do? I just got 2 million video views on a, a, f- a four-year-old video. And I says, well, I would actually follow the formula that I taught in the book. He, he bought the book. But it was just more, you know, you got to figure out how to leverage that new audience of what they're craving next. He was able to get 100,000 subscribers in less than two months. And it was off of a four-year-old video and a video that he produced. And did that actually change everything for him? Absolutely, it did. It just it just surfaced it at the right time where YouTube looked at it and says, hey, this is, this is very interesting. And there's a subset of viewers that would find this interesting too. And it basically, you know, put that option in front of them. People clicked on it, watched the video and really loved it. And so that's where he was able to get a couple million uh, views off of that. And that happens every day. Now in a feed driven system, never in a million years would that happen. Like it just doesn't happen that way because the feed driven is going off the freshness factor and how it's engaged in a short amount of time uh, before it's deteriorated out. Yeah. It's assessing your content on the words you use. I assume the video styling, like there'd be a bunch of factors that it, it, it factors into, not just little descriptions that you put at the bottom of the video. It's everything. They analyze the video, right? Yeah, they analyze every frame, you know, every word, every image in it. But I think the biggest thing is what they analyze is how people respond to it. Like, I, I started in SEO. Like, I know SEO. And the moment that I stopped doing SEO, when I realized that you can't over-polish a turd, 
Like, like seriously, like you can polish the turd as much as you want, but it's still a turd. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what we need to do is make it enticing and that piece of content. And once I switched my mindset of, Hey, if I just make a really good piece of content and make it really appealing, that's really, really valuable for the the viewer, then the AI is going to pick up on that. It's going to see things that I don't even see. And, and I think that's the difference would be, you know, where you should put your focus. Now, what I view as content is the title, thumbnail, and video. I don't really care about the description much. It doesn't really have a lot of weight for me. I don't really care about tags that much. You know, it's just more the title, which I would appeal as a human, right? A human would say, oh, this title grabs my attention. The thumbnail would, would catch their eye for them to look at the title. And then the video content is there. Now, there's one other thing that I do is I try to predict what the viewer wants to watch next in the video. So I know what to give them next, because if I can trigger that, then I got them not only to watch one video, but two. And, and when that happens, that's a sign that YouTube says, oh, these videos kind of belong with each other because uh, you have a high number of people watch this one that actually like to watch this one. So let's recommend that to more people. And that's where you can grow very, very well, you're strategically. you're making it easier for them, right? Like they, they're wanting to do that anyway. Well, yeah, because that's... Giving yeah, them the- yeah, that's the customer journey, right? So the mm-hmm. customer journey is, hey, they've discovered you from a viewer. Well, what do they should what should they do next? What's that next value proposition or the value ladder there, right? It's like what would make that more powerful? And when you start changing your mindset, then you can go away from spending times and hours and hours trying to get that perfect SEO title and description and actually put it where it belongs, which is providing value, a unique value in a video and what they should do next. And and that's where the power really comes in. Yeah, 100%. If someone is interested in in learning about what you're doing in learning YouTube themselves, obviously get your book, but what else would you be suggesting? Is there, is there a courses you offer? Is there a channel? Now, I, checking out? Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily do courses. I have a mentoring program, you know, you can find out the information at channeljumpstart.com, but let me put this caveat in front of it. It's, it's application only. I only work with people that, that I feel like can, can take it to where I need to be. Cause I'm like, literally competitive. I hate to lose. Like if there's one thing that I hate more than anything is losing. And so I just kind of hedge my bets on people that will actually be teachable and that they'd actually apply what I teach because I don't like to waste time. And so easy way to do it is just follow me on YouTube, Twitter, whatever. The handle's just my name across everything. You can find me on it. Uh, but if I was starting out, definitely do the book. It It's like... I mean, we hit the uh, the bestseller on Wall Street Journal just like out of the gate because I'm a case study guy. And I just don't say, here's the theory behind it. I basically, the book's full of case studies of here's the principle and then this is the result. And not only the result with big channels, like the Mr. Beasts and all that other stuff, even though that he wrote the forward to the book. <laughs> um, and we use a lot of uh, case studies that we worked on together with it. But the the thing I want to do is just the small, small uh, companies. Like we had a lady that went bankrupt in California and relocated in a cheaper part of, of the United States that now is worth hundreds of millions of dollars because she used video and she was helping people and, and she was providing a service and that service led to an opportunity of sales. And now she's the biggest, you know, fabric retailer in the world, um, which is, which is nuts. And it all came from an idea that they had and leveraging you know, their audience to be the world instead of just around the block. And it's amazing. And that's another case study we put in there too. It's just like, there's so many different opportunities here. So that's kind of where I would start. And then two, 
you might think, oh, I can't get in front of camera and I, I'm awkward and there's whatever. They, 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 you just got to look at what would bring value to people. And there's a lot of there's a lot of brands and businesses that leverage what we call UGC, user generated content, to build. The best example of that is GoPro. You know, the GoPro really doesn't do anything besides showcasing people that use their product, their videos. Mm. And they, they built out of that. And then two, another one uh, that does a lot of UGC is Red Bull. We worked on some, some great strategies with them too. But it's like, you can leverage it. You just got to figure out how to do that. And uh, there's so many different ways that you can accomplish what you need to. And that's why I'd say get the book and then definitely follow me on socials. Real quick, I love Red Bull for that reason. It's like they're they're a media company who just happens to have an energy drink. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, it's, and it's almost like they're not even connected. It's just these guys are just yeah. drinking Red Bull. And then GoPro, that's an amazing example of that. Is is what's what's better proof than all the pros doing these amazing things? And how do they record? Well, not just the pros, yeah. just actual customers that bought their product mm. and and want to put. In the title, GoPro action footage or whatever, whatever they're doing. Well, what I mean is, we're connecting to that because we see ourselves as the pro who needs to be recognized. Exactly. And exactly. I want to do that yeah. backflip. That's terrible. And it's like a, I'm going down the mountain on my mountain bike, and it's it's a horrible line, and I'm not very good, but I'm feeling awesome, and I want to showcase that because I want to be like the pro who's doing it. And there's that yeah. feeling like when when I was doing anything, I'm like, I'm gonna get my GoPro. It's like why? Because I I want to remember, I want to feel like I'm part of it, and, and I love that GoPro. That's how they've exploded, right? Is connecting with us to be that pro because we all watch those videos. It's amazing. Yeah, it's it's it created a community that was centered around an idea, right? Which is go out and experience the adventures of life, but document it, right? That that's the idea of the brand. Uh, but like we're 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 always in movement and motion. Let's capture that. So they didn't go force, hey, this is what you need to do and this is how you do it. No, what they did was say, oh, this is a really cool video that someone took with our product. Let's feature this. Mm. And it created a community where people had to put it in there. It's like, here's this most amazing, you know, adventure sport or surf or whatever it is. And it's just using our product. And Mm. yet it was more about the person than the product, but it's more about capturing the moment than the product. The product did it. But that's where sales went through the roof because, you know, um, you know, people had to p- promote it that way because that was kind of the trend, which literally exploded the company. And so really kudos to them of really leveraging UGC, you know, user-generated content. But any brand can do this. Like, I, I literally just ate at a restaurant and just just brand new restaurant I didn't even know existed uh, yesterday. And what they did is they, they had the chef make this most cinematic shot of their hamburger. And it was just like this custom hamburger, double patty, just this beautiful thing. And they just did it. It was a square little video that they put on Instagram. And I'm like, that I'm del- that looks delicious. I got to go sh- check that out. Mm-hmm. So my wife and I went and ate there. And then after, it was just amazing experience. Like I just, I, it was one of the best experiences when it came to food. And so what did I do when I went home? Well, I went and shared that video that they made didn't have anybody in it besides just kind of displaying the food. I'm like, best hamburger in freaking Utah. Like there's bar none, nothing better than that. And I tagged a few people that had to go eat it. Well, guess who actually went and ate? That is one of the people that I tagged. They're like, yeah, they shared it today too. So it's like creating this organic movement on, you know, some video that they made, but they made it in a, in a very unique way without sound that you could share on Instagram. You could share, you know, in Twitter, you could share on Facebook, 
but it was just basically an advertisement of their amazing hamburgers that they have. And so like, you don't have to be conformed to doing it the way that you think that you need to do it. What you need to do is be educated on, hey, this could be unique content in a way that people would want to share it if they had a great experience at our, at our, at our place. Yeah, what, I, what I'm hearing is like, understand the actual story that's going on, not just manufacture a story. A lot of brands, yeah. we go, okay, let's make a story for our thing because we want to be GoPro versus going, well, what is the story and how, how are we fitting into that? And, and we go all day on this, but like, I think that, that certain companies do it really well. And I think that if we, if we look yeah. at what they've actually done and they haven't manufactured a story to say, here's our brand story and it, like no one cares, they've actually just understood what's actually happening with the client and giving them what they want, not what we're telling them to want from what we're doing. Yeah, and I, you can do it in a very creative way too. Like I used to work with a lot with optometrists um, and it started with like, I always do like a toe in the water campaign to understand the audience, what they're looking for. But one thing that we always would do is show the transformation. Like people, they, they, they feel awkward when they get glasses for the first time. It's just, it's just that. And so when you realize that's the issue and you show the transformation in, in a way, people with glasses remembers that first moment, that first pair of glasses that they got, right? And and, and feeling that awkwardness. So it's like understanding, okay, that's our audience. That's our viewer. Can we do it in a fun way that would make it okay for people to do that? Mm. And then too, it's like, what, what does that look like? And so we created a series of videos of people getting glasses for the first time. And, and then too, it led into people actually seeing for the first time, like, like people were actually blind and when they have it, it's just it just had this a very emotional tie to mm. a brand, and it it became the power brand in that area because of the content. And it's something that some people could relate to and share, you know. And it was more of that content that people could get behind. Now, what was interesting from it is that type of campaign. You had other patients that had been years made their own videos, and and here's all this content. And what did it really take? A, an idea you know, to execute on a video that wasn't even a hundred dollars, you know, and before you know it, they had this huge campaign that brought in millions of, uh, of dollars because it was bringing in new people that were relocating and like, who do we need to go? And they just saw, you know, somebody with a big social presence and they, they were really engaging and so on and so forth, but brought a lot of value to them, but, but more importantly spoke to them on, yeah. on a deeper level. So, yeah. Yeah, this has been a, a fun episode. I've really enjoyed having you on. I appreciate you. I'm going to make sure that all the, the ways to connect with you are there in the show notes. Thank you so much, my friend. You have an amazing yep. rest of your day. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the show. If you like the episode, please hit subscribe and leave us a review. I'd really appreciate it as it helps us get our episodes out to more people just like you who want to know how to increase their revenue, impact more people and build businesses that work for the lifestyle they want. Now, I know your time is valuable and I know that you are here to learn the secrets to success in your health business. So I have something special for you just for checking out the episode. Now, if you're a health professional, coach or trainer in business, and you're serious about growing a profitable, impactful business, then pay attention because as a listener of the show, I want you to win. And so I've created a host of resources available exclusively for listeners of the show. So if you're tired of trying to figure out this game of business, marketing and sales all on your own, and you're ready to just implement what's already proven to work rather than reinventing the wheel, I want you right now to go and check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. That's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. And there you'll find over $5,000 worth of trainings, resources, and coaching available only for listeners of the show. 
Again, that's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. There I'll give you resources on everything from how to acquire 10 times more of your ideal clients using social media and paid ads, even referrals, how to increase your client conversion into packages at an 80 to 90% conversion rate like me, how to retain your clients for longer, getting them better results and making them happier, how to increase your prices and charge a premium to work with you and how you can build a six, multi-six, even seven-figure practice just like I did, but with a tenth of the time and a tenth of the effort. What I want you to realize is that everything I teach comes from exactly what I did to have success and still have success in my own health business and I want to share that with you so you can have success too. So go check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider right now and let me help you win big in your health business. Also remember to subscribe for two episodes every week full of the secrets to have success in your health business as well as leave us a review so we know what you thought of the show. And I'll see you on the next episode.